Welcome back to Via the Source, where you can get news about the entire NFL and, of course, the Miami Dolphins. Fins up. Here's Steven, your host. What's up, guys? Hey, Zade is November 16th. I'm Steven Masso. As always, you're listening to Via the Source. Now, of course, we're going to be going over the recap of the game between the Miami Dolphins and the Los Angeles Chargers. But first things first, five straight wins, you know. I live out here in Texas, so I know a bunch of people. I have a bunch of friends who are Spurs fans. You know, they've had a dynasty for about like 20 years up until recently. And I just have to wonder, is this how they have felt for the majority of their life? Because the Dolphins have five consecutive wins, and I don't even know how to act right now. My confidence is sky high. I can't even imagine having that kind of success for such a long period of time and what it could do to a person because, man, five straight wins. I don't even know how to act. But let's get straight into this one. So the Dolphins defeated the Los Angeles Chargers by a score of 29 to 21 on Sunday. The Dolphins moved to 6 and 3 with the win and the Chargers fall 2-2 and 7. The Dolphins right now, they're just handling business. This is a team that has bought into the culture that coach Brian Flores was trying to build and it really does become apparent with each and every week that passes. The game started red hot for Miami, much like how it has the past several games. If you remember Kyler Murray was strip sack on the first drive turned into a touchdown well in this one linebacker Andrew Van Ginkle blocked a punt allowing the Dolphins to recover and take possession on the Chargers one yard line now the Dolphins would score on the following play on a one yard touchdown by Savan Ahmed then the Chargers got the ball back and they were promptly forced to punt the Dolphins would get the ball back and they would drive down the field capping off the drive with a three yard touchdown pass to Jakeem Grant they would take a lead at that point for 14 to 0. The Dolphins then forced a three and out and began driving down the field yet again. Momentum was clearly in their favor. The Dolphins would reach the Chargers' nine yard line, and that's where the momentum would end. Center Ted Karras snapped a ball poorly to, to a tongue of Iloa, causing a fumble. The ball was recovered by Chargers' Nick Vigil, who returned the ball into Miami territory. The Chargers would finish that drive with a touchdown of their own, and that one play, that fumble on the snap, killed the entire momentum of the game at that point. And I truly do mean that, because the Dolphins lost all momentum, and the Chargers didn't really control the game either. That momentum just didn't disappeared from the entire game. There was no longer any rhythm. There was no flow. The game just turned into this weird, strange kind of lull where both teams seemed to be just going through the motions, playing a very non-aggressive form of football. It was very odd. Now, it wasn't until the fourth quarter where there was a six-point lead in the Dolphins' favor that Xavier Howard intercepted Justin Herbert, and that reignited the flame that the Dolphins needed. On a terrific play call on the goal line to a fake to hand off to the left, causing the whole defense to shift in that direction. Tight end Durham Smythe would sneak over to the right, and Tua would find him wide open for the score. And that was all off of that Xavier Howard interception. At that point, the Dolphins had a 12-point lead. All the momentum in the world was on their side. The Chargers were only down by two scores, but you could tell they were visibly defeated at that point. That touchdown ended up being the dagger of this game. Now, we'll take a little bit deeper of a look at this game 
This one was hyped up by many media members because of the duel between the rookies Tua and Justin Herbert, and while neither quarterback looked outstanding in this game, it was likely enough to make fans of both of these teams optimistic about the futures of their franchises. Tua would finish this game 15 for 25, 169 yards, and two touchdowns. Now, Tua had the highest aggressiveness this week among all quarterbacks in the NFL, and that's a stat by NFL's Next Gen Stats. Aggressiveness is defined as, quote, the amount of passing attempts a quarterback makes that are into tight coverage where the defender is within one yard or less of the receiver at the time of either the completion or the incompletion. Tua's aggressiveness was 32% this week. In other words, he was throwing into very, very tight windows and very often. Now, it was another encouraging performance from Tua. He had several great plays, including a fade pass in the end zone to Devontae Parker, which was overturned, and he also had this beautiful on-the-run dime to Mike Gesicki in the first half. He lobbed a beautiful touchdown pass to Durham Smythe in the fourth quarter. Um, in the first half, on a botched snap by Karras, he scooped the ball literally off of the floor and quickly turned his head up, chucking a 23-yard pass to Devontae Parker. His pocket presence continues to be fantastic. In the first half, Tua narrowly avoided a sack and took off on the run to his right side. He threw a cross-body bomb just barely out of the reach of Jakeem Grant, and this play really would have been the highlight of his NFL career thus far. Now, while he does not have an interception so far on the season, he had several plays in this game that frankly should have been intercepted. In the first quarter, he threw to Mike Kosicki into a tight window. The ball was deflected and nearly corralled for an interception. And then in the second half, he threw a pass almost directly to linebacker Kenneth Murray that somehow slipped through his hands and into the hands of Adam Shaheen. Again, those weren't plays where the ball just could have been intercepted. They were plays where the ball, frankly, should have been intercepted. Now, the Dolphins' running game in this one was led by Savan Ahmed. Ahmed had a solid performance last week where he led the team in rushing, but in this game, he was a focal point of the offense. Jordan Howard was a healthy scratch, and he took over that role completely. Now, Ahmed, the guy has burners. It's really as simple as that. If he finds a hole, he is hitting it at full speed. He had two carries of 18 yards in this game, and he was the clear-cut lead back. He would finish the game 85 yards rushing on 21 carries. His 85 rushing yards in this game are the second most by a Dolphins player this season, the most being by his former college teammate, Miles Gaskin, who had 91 yards rushing against the Jets. Now, receiver Jakeem Grant led the Dolphins in receiving this week. He finished the game with four catches for 43 yards and a touchdown, and he was also extremely effective on returns in this game. Grant really appears to be uh, playing with a purpose right now. You can kind of tell that he's giving it a little something extra, and he's doing a terrific job, I think, at showing that he deserves a larger role that is bigger than just being a special team specialist. Now, tight end Mike Gesicki, he had two catches in this game for 40 yards, but he also had several drops in this one. He hauled in two of his five targets, and though they were clutch plays, much like last week, it would have been nice to see a little bit more from Mike Gesicki, and I'm hoping that on a week-to-week -week basis, we could kind of depend on him more. Uh, Devontae Parker hauled in this beautiful, contested 23-yard catch 
catch uh, on a touch pass from Tua where he scooped it up off the floor. And then he had this absolutely just insane one-handed catch in the corner of the end zone, nearly getting in bounds for the score. It was originally ruled a touchdown, but was later overturned. And I know a lot of people on Twitter were very mad saying, oh, but how come uh, they called that same call in favor of the Cardinals last week? Well, against the Cardinals, the guy clearly got his shin down in bounds in the end zone. Devontae Parker, I mean, the upper part of his calf might have touched before, but it was definitely not his shin at all. Now, receiver slash quarterback slash running back Malcolm Perry showed us a bit of what he had in this game. He had two catches for 21 yards, and he also had a rush of six yards in this game. Though that may not sound too impressive, his elusiveness and speed after the catch is something that instantly stands out. His six-yard run came out of the Wildcat formation, and frankly, it should have been a loss for like at least five yards, but Perry was able to reverse field and somehow turn it into a pretty nice gain. Perry needs to be involved more in the future. You can tell just the eye test. The talent is there. Now, the Dolphins offensive line had a great outing in this game. Uh, Tongue of Iloa was not sacked once, and the Dolphins had one of their better rushing performances of the season, though there is still plenty of room to improve. This was definitely one of their performances that I would categorize as above average in my opinion. Now, kicker Jason Sanders is surprisingly human. You know, Sanders' historic streak came to an end in this game. He converted 22 consecutive field goals, which is a franchise record, and he missed one on a 47-yard attempt, and that is how it ends. Hopefully, this is just the beginning of another streak for the machine that is Jason Sanders, but nonetheless, congrats on what was an amazing streak while it lasted. Now, we take a look at the Dolphins' defense. They showed up once again in this game. Justin Herbert for the Chargers would finish the game 20 for 32, 187 yards, two touchdowns. He had a rushing touchdown as well and one interception. Herbert's rushing touchdown came on a one-yard goal line sneak. Now, it's important to note, though, with Herbert, he entered this game averaging 306 passing yards per game. That is third in the NFL. He was a gunslinging, risk-taking quarterback who was just dicing up defenses. And the Dolphins held him to under 200 yards, and frankly, they had him looking uncomfortable the entire game, causing him to miss on what were some pretty routine completions in key moments. Now, this was a great game from cornerback Nick Needham, who earlier in the game blitzed in untouched to get a sack on Herbert, and then he also had a clutch pass deflection on a pass to Keenan Allen. Now, another cornerback here, Xavier Howard, he had that late game interception that I mentioned earlier and how it shifted the entire moment momentum of the game. Now, at the time of that interception, he was now tied for the NFL lead in interceptions with five, but right before I began recording this, J.C. Jackson of the Patriots would record an interception on Sunday night, and that knocked Howard down to second in the NFL. Now, if there were any knocks on Xavier Howard for his performance, it would be that in the fourth quarter, he allowed a touchdown to Keenan Allen. The Dolphins sent the house on a blitz, and Allen was able to beat Howard to the inside and get enough separation to get the score. Now, linebacker Alandon Roberts, a guy who I've been criticizing extremely heavily all season, he had a solid performance in this game. He led the team in tackles with seven. He came up big on several goal line rushes by the Chargers, but it wasn't perfect from Roberts. He lost tight end Hunter Henry, who was found by Justin Herbert in the end zone for a wide open touchdown. But overall, something that I tweeted about Alandon Roberts, I criticize him a ton, but when he does make a play, it's always a very good 
play. The guy is fired up. He's always landing these massive hits at key times. So I guess that's just kind of the trade-off with what you get when it comes to a Landon Roberts. Now, another week another sack for Emmanuel Ogba. He now has eight sacks on the season, which is fourth in the NFL. He has at least one sack in six straight games. Ogba also had a pass deflection on a fourth down pass by the Chargers, which caused a turnover on down. So overall, Ogba just continues making an impact, even if it doesn't show up on the stat column all the time. If you look at him, he is always causing disruption over there and forcing the quarterback to make bad decisions. Now, defensive linemen Zach Sealer and Shaq Lawson were great at stopping the run in this game. Lawson had a goal line stop and Sealer had two tackles for a loss. As mentioned way back earlier in the season, Zach Sealer is extremely deserving of an extension and that needs to be done ASAP. Now, Raekwon Davis with combination from Zach Sealer, both of them did a terrific job at stepping up in the absence of Christian Wilkins. Raekwon Davis was tied for the lead in tackles with seven in this game and he had several big run stops in this one. You can tell when you look at him that he is starting to put things together and he is very close to being ready. You can kind of tell that he is about to turn into something. Now, the Chargers running game here was led by Kalen Balazs. He received a heavy volume in this game, but the Dolphins were able to contain him, holding him to 3.8 yards per carry. So overall, another very solid game from the Dolphins defense. I will say I'm a little bit shocked when I mentioned that lull that happened in the little center portion of the game. It was odd to me because the Chargers offense, for some reason, elected to put their entire team on the back of Kalen Balazs, which was strange to me. This is a team that wasn't shying away from chucking balls deep with Justin Herbert, yet for some reason in this game, I don't know if it's because of the pressure that Miami was applying or if it was potentially due to the heat and people just being exhausted, but they for some reason just became an extremely run-heavy team depending on Kalen Balazs, and that is not a good recipe for success. Now, to get into my takeaways from this game, the first one here is that Gaskin's return won't be the end for Savan Ahmed. Ahmed is talented, leading to some suggesting, like Adam Beasley, that the starting role might not be available when Gaskin returns. Now, I love what I've seen from Ahmed so far, but I'm not sure I would go that far just yet. Of course, there's probably another game left where Ahmed could prove himself and, you know, take that role once and for all, but I think Gaskin and Ahmed's styles both both complement each other very well. As their former coach from Washington once said that Gaskin is like jazz and Ahmed is like hip hop. Gaskin is patient. He's a smooth runner who seems to be more effective as a pass catcher. Ahmed has this blazing north-south speed but can also get to the outside in the blink of an eye. I think the duo of Gaskin and Ahmed is what is on the horizon. Now my next takeaway from this game is that Malcolm Perry needs some more touches. Again, it was a small sample size, but even then, the eye test just checks out. The guy just looks like he is in a full gear above the defense once the ball is in his hands. Now, I will say I'm not a huge fan of the runs out of the Wildcat formation, but I think he could thrive on something like bubble screens where there are some uh, some blockers in front of him. Now, my last takeaway from this game is that the Dolphins team is legitimately good. The coaching is terrific. The players believe in the culture and are all 
all stepping up, and this is still just the beginning. This isn't a team again that requires luck or all the stars aligning to pull off a close win anymore. This was a game where I don't think they played perfectly. I think there was a lot of things left to be desired, but they were still undeniably the better team. The Dolphins deserve more respect right now. Now, before we wrap it up, I want to say that Hail Mary throw by Kyler Murray to DeAndre Hopkins was just an absolutely amazing play. Maybe the one of the better plays that I've ever seen. And when it comes to DeAndre Hopkins, the guy is just incredible. Triple covered on that play, at least so many guys, and he somehow still comes down with it. And now I've been raving about Devontae Adams, and I do think he is the best receiver in the league this season. But DeAndre Hopkins has been doing this for so long that he needs to constantly be in that conversation for that number one spot. Say what you want about Julio, say whatever you want about Michael Thomas. But DeAndre Hopkins has been doing this for years now, and he had been doing it before he had Deshaun Watson, and he had the most random people throwing to him, and it didn't even matter. DeAndre Hopkins is just amazing, and that was an amazing play. I just needed to say that because, wow, that was crazy. But guys, that is how I'm going to wrap it up. If you have any thoughts or comments or things that I left out, feel free to send them on Twitter. If you have any questions or topics that you would like for me to discuss in a future episode, I would gladly do so, and I would appreciate if you send those to me. Of course, that's at via the source or at Shady Steven. Now, if you could, if you listened to this and you enjoyed it, if you could leave a review on the Apple Podcast app, that does help a lot and it goes a long way. So, uh, you know, if you could do that and if you could subscribe on YouTube also, that would be a huge help to me. Guys, as always, though, it was a pleasure to be your host. Until next time, I'm Steven Masso and this was Via the Source.